Welcome to the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipshire, and I am joined by my main man, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What's up, dude? What's going on, bro? Man, living the dream. Happy Friday. We always say happy Friday because we record these things on Fridays usually. But um, dude, today, today's going to be a fun one. Today, we, we, we're joined by a fellow Italian stallion, um, <laughs> a gentleman that, that I don't know too much about, but I've seen and I've heard a ton of, uh, from him. Uh, more specifically from my partner, Tanner. And so I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Embriglio. What's up, dude? Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I'm, you know, super excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to, to, to answer whatever you guys got for me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, dude, we're, we're excited to have you, man. I know um, I've been working with Tanner for, for a little while now. And obviously, I've heard your, your name mentioned a ton of times because, you know, when he was uh, in the Indianapolis market, all I yeah. heard about was uh, conversations, you know, that he was having with one of his buyers. Yeah. And I was like, man, you've got a great relationship with your buyer. And he's like, oh, this dude's awesome, man. He, he's, <laughs> you know, he's a wholesaler and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and so to, to have you on the show, man, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to dive in yeah. and pick your brain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Let's yeah. Like I said, I'm super, uh, super excited to add some value and, you know, hopefully, uh, you can answer some stuff that might help some people out. Uh, for sure. For sure. Well, dude, I mean, to do that, let's, let's start. I like to always start with the origin story, you know, not mm. just the, how'd you get into real estate, but let's go way back, bro. Like yeah. I want to know about your family. I want to know about your upbringing. Like what yeah. made you this prolific entrepreneur that you are right now? <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in San Diego, and I'm I'm still here now. And uh, you know, nothing like too crazy of an upbringing. You know, I had a good family and everything. Um, but I think where I really learned um, a lot of like, or you know, got the desire to be an entrepreneur was from my dad. Um, he had he had kind of grown up like had a rough life, and then kind of made it out of that, which. Um, was pretty cool, like to get that perspective on things, you know, um, yeah. because I, I mean, I have a lot of friends, you know, that didn't have like as good of an upbringing as I did, which I feel like incredibly like blessed and lucky to have right. had. Um, but, you know, you see a different like you see a different switch in those kind of people. And, um, you know, sometimes mm. when you you know, you grow up, you don't really have a lot of hardships or anything like that. You don't know how to turn on that switch. So I feel like pretty lucky that I kind of had a good upbringing, but I also had someone that like kind of taught me like, you know, how to, you know, really out, try to outwork everybody, you know, and, you know, and then, you know, playing sports growing up too, you know, I always played baseball, mm. you know, played baseball till, you know, um, all through high school and stuff and golf and, um, you know, and for me, I wasn't the biggest guy on the field. So I always had to like outwork everybody else, you know, so, for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that's, sure. that's kind of like, that's kind of how I got into it and kind of a little bit of my background and, you know, what business I, was your dad in? Um, so he, he was like always in business development and then he started a, a civil engineering, um, company with uh, another um, guy who was an engineer. Um, so they did, uh, they had a civil engineer and, and geotechnical company, um, in San Diego, um, probably from about the time that I was like four years old to, he sold the company around like 2010, I think. Um, and then my uncle actually, um, who like growing up, uh, he, his family or my uncle owns this, uh, like high-end landscape architecture and construction 
company, okay. um, San Diego. Um, so I, I worked a lot for him during the summers and stuff like that. And really just like got around like, um, luxury construction a lot and, um, and, and learned like business acumen from like both my dad and my uncle. Um, sure. and, and, you know, eventually, you know, went away to college and, you know, did that whole thing, came back, was, uh, actually working in the beer industry when I first graduated, um, college. And then eventually I got out of that and I, um, got into project management and design for a company who did uh, custom wine cellars. Is that what you went to school for? Like project management type stuff? I didn't actually. I, 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 <laughs> I uh, so originally I wanted to go to school for landscape architecture, and, okay. uh, but I didn't have the grades to get into that major for the school I wanted to go to. So I actually got in at, in uh, agricultural business and mm. I got a minor in wine. And then uh, I just never switched <laughs> my major. I had some, I had some people that were in landscape architecture and they just seemed to be hating their lives. And I was just like, uh, you know, maybe this isn't for me, you know, uh, I didn't know wine was an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, so yeah, there's a, there's a few, um, I think there's only like a few schools in the country and I believe they're all in California. Sure. That have actually where you can get a bachelor's degree for like wine and viticulture, wine business and Cal Poly San Luis Obispo happened to be one of them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's how wow, I kind of like got into the beer industry. And then I had like a back, I had that background knowledge. And then when I got the opportunity to work for this company that was doing custom wine cellars, it kind of naturally led into that. And then, um, you know, I, work, I was working my way through that company. Right. And, uh, you know, all our all our stuff is all luxury homes. Right. So I just mm -hmm. got like a really big crash course on like how people were building you know, huge multi-million dollar homes, you know, um, from ground up. Cause I was doing projects, you know, in, uh, you know, Beverly Hills up in LA, you know, down here in San Diego, up in Newport beach and, uh, right. Orange County. I was even doing, um, some out of state too. Like I did some in North Carolina, Florida, New oh, York. Wow. Um, and then like by the end, uh, well not by the end, but while I was working for that company, me and my business partner, Steve started talking about real estate investing. And so it naturally kind of like led into like, Hey, I'm already doing construction and real estate, like, and I want to do investing. So that's kind of how, you know, we decided to, you know, do that. So. Bro, that's fascinating. <laughs> I, I love hearing about how people entered into real estate. I thought for the longest time that everyone that was an investor became one from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I would ever hear over and over yeah. again. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and it changed my life. So it's refreshing yeah. to hear some some outside perspectives. Um, well, I will, I will tell you one thing. It's, you'll kind of laugh at this, but like when me and Steve were uh, working at, when we first met, we actually met like back because I'm, I'm almost 35 now. Um, and so we actually met when we were like 24 years old working, like when I started working at the brewery at Ballast wow. Point, um, and, uh, we would sit there and, you know, like we became friends and we were on the same shift, but we always knew like, we wanted to do something like bigger and better than this, you know? And like, right. he actually introduced me to Robert Kiyosaki. <laughs> nice. So like, while we were working at the brewery, we started re reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So, I mean... Nailed there it. was a little bit of that, you know, I guess. In the background. <laughs> that dude's got to be responsible for so many millionaires. It's, it's unreal. 
um, <laughs> dude, that's cool. Okay. So you're, you're in the real estate world, right? Mm. I don't, maybe, maybe it's just my ignorance, but I feel like most people start off wholesaling, but you mm. ended up, you know, starting off, not wholesaling. When mm. did, when, and why did you kind of, you know, look into wholesaling? I know it's not your primary strategy now, but yeah. how did that come about? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, like, like I said, you know, I'd already kind of been, you know, in construction and real estate and then Steve actually brought it up to me about wholesaling. Um, and he was like, Hey, you know, you can do this. And like, mm. I started going down a rabbit hole, like <laughs> we went and had a cigar one day and then he told me about it. And like, I literally start, went down a rabbit hole the next two days. And I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this. And so like, we, uh, we really started to dig in. Um, and you know, like for the first like few years that we had our company, I was still working my W2, um, doing the wine cellar stuff, you know, cause um, we were just like, you know, we wanted, you know, money to keep coming in sure. and you know, yeah. I had a lot of savings built up. So like naturally, like I always tell people like wholesaling is the art of finding the deal, right? For sure. If you can find yeah. the good deals, then you can find a good rental portfolio. You can find good flips. You can do novations, right? You know, knowing how to do all these different strategies. And then also like we, our first kind of like really you know, mentorship in the whole thing was with Pace Morby. So, you know, obviously you guys know mm. him. Yeah. He's like the exit strategy king of like how yeah. to get creative. So that was kind of like, you know, we, we kind of, you know, um, I guess grew up in that like system, I guess you could say. So um, we always kind of looking like, we always kind of looking at deals a bunch of different ways because we know how to like use these different exit strategies to, you know, figure out a way to help these sellers out and you know, we get what we want, you get what you want, you know? So. Man. Okay. What's uh, what, so how long have you been doing real estate at this point? Um, this is our third year now. Yeah. So like with oh, our wow. actual LLC formed, we had actually technically, I guess, started a few months before that. So I guess we're, we're pretty much at the three year mark now, but yeah, that's, that's, um, and then like about a year ago is when I, a little bit under a year ago is when I actually left my W two. So I see. Uh, yeah. Would, would you say like real estate's in your blood? Like you see yourself in this, in this industry for the rest of your life, or is this just kind of like a stopping point an opportunity to make money or how do you see it? I mean, I love real estate. Like I've, I've told Tanner this too before, but I like designing houses. Right. So mm. like, I really like flipping, like flipping has actually been like where we've seen a lot of our most success. Right. And, um, yeah, I love real estate. I think it's a, I think it's a driver for a lot of different things, you know, and like, sure. we're, we're really entrepreneurial minds. Like me and Steve have a lot of like different things we want to do. Like, for example, we're going to a creative business mind uh, mastermind in Tampa at the end of the month. Um, so it's like about how to buy businesses creatively. So, mm. um, but at the end of the day, I feel like real estate is really the foundation to be right. able to do what you want. And like, for me, it's more about like building that like future for myself, my family and like freedom of time, you know, like I've always been really like, um, someone who likes to travel the world. So like, that's really the most important thing to me over, um, anything else. And then like really Huge. just like being able to add value to people 
and help right. people out. And, you know, kind of like a lot of these things, like people don't, they're never taught this kind of stuff, you know, like right. no one teaches classes about this stuff in school, right? They teach right. people how to be employees, not, a, not to, and, you know, be entrepreneurs. Exactly. And, um, yep. I think when you can really kind of understand, like, even if you do want to work a W2 still, right? Because, you know, some people have different risk tolerances, right? But right. I think you should still be like educated and knowledgeable about how to invest. So I'm like, I'm super into stock investing too, um, like long-term stock investing. But yeah, I don't know. I just love real estate. I like eat and breathe real estate. So it's like, you know, it's, I enjoy it. What's, uh, so, so we're, we're, you know, it's a new year. It's 2023, January, actually February, February 3rd right now. Um, what are, what are, what's one or two things that you are, uh, maybe concerned about this year and then Mm -hmm. also something that you're excited about? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, everything going on with the interest rates is, is a little bit concerning, you know, I guess we don't really know where inflation is going to go. Like, right. None of us have a crystal ball, um, you know, and I think that can be concerning, for people when, especially if like you're over leveraged with flips, luckily, like, like, um, <clears throat> we're not like too over leveraged with projects and stuff. Um, so like, we're still like, we just had a flip go on market for 24 hours and then it ha- already has an accepted offer after 24 nice. hours. So like, I mean, nice. you know, like we've always been super conservative about how we lock stuff up and you know, what our different exit strategies are. But I think, Smart. I think that's definitely a concern for a lot of people, you know, cause we don't know, but at the same time, I would say that's also something that excites me because I think the market does need to correct a little bit. Like sure. now we're even starting to see like the market kind of like starting to pick back up, which is yeah. like, you kind of see this, like, you know, again, I've only been <clears throat> like full-time doing this for three years. Right. Um, but I think the thing that you start to realize as the time goes on is first off, you start to pick up on trends. And especially mm-hmm. how like trends happen throughout the end of the year. Right. So like at the end of the year, stuff slows down. Right. And then when you're coupled with like high inflation and interest rates and people worrying about stuff, it's like, of course, like a lot of people had, well, not everyone, but some people had a really rough fourth quarter. Right. Right. And now sure. you're starting to see stuff pick up back up again, because now like people are kind of getting used to this higher interest rate environment. Um, and the interest rates are starting to creep down a little bit. Right. And so like, that's kind of like the new norm, but I think it's exciting because I think now, like if your price, if your homes aren't priced right and stuff like that, like there's more room for negotiation. Um, and I think that the people who know like their numbers and know how to negotiate, um, are going to like see a lot of opportunities. And we're already seeing that at the beginning of the year. Like we just, uh, I think we just locked up a novation agreement today in Lakeland, Florida. And then we have another one in St. A wholesale in St. Pete that we're supposed to be getting signed today. So it's like, you're starting to see like, you know, over the last few weeks, I think we've had like four or five contracts signed and you're starting to see like a lot of like, you know, pickup now sure, um, and people more willing to negotiate. So that's what excites me the most is like absolutely that. And then just on our side with the company, like, we're actually starting to double down. So we're like increasing our marketing budget double. And by the end of the year, we want to uh, actually quadruple the marketing budget. Cause like when everyone else is kind of falling out, like that's when we want to go hard and like really dig in and start, you know, 
getting in there and negotiating with sellers even harder, you know? So I think Absolutely. that's what excites me the most. What, what you guys is marketing are you doing? Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, our marketing. Well, so, okay. So we, we've always been super SMS heavy, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, we use launch control. Uh, I love that um, platform. Um, so super, super SMS heavy. Um, we have a couple people running PPC ads for us. One guy is running nationwide. So we're starting to look into nationwide dispo. Um, but again, you know, it's hard when you like, for example, you know, we get a lead sent to us in West Virginia. I have no, no idea what's going on in West Virginia. So right. that's, that's like a system like, you know, I've been starting to kind of dial in, but then like our other guy actually, you know, um, sends us leads in like Florida, Indiana and California. Um, so we have, what we do with those guys is we just do like a, like a fleet, a fee split. So like, we're not necessarily paying for the PPC, but like when we're closing the deals, we're giving them, you know, profit from it. Right. Um, oh, so nice. it kind of works out. And then, uh, the other thing is like JV agent outreach. Um, and, um, and also we're starting to look into like some, um, handwritten letters and stuff like that. So, um, and then also, um, now that we have a pretty good acquisitions team, we're going to get a dialer for the guys to, to call on, which I know you guys are doing too. And I'm super, I'm a strong proponent of having people in the States cold call. Right. Not, you know, you know, Same. you know, people out of States. Cause it just sounds like so scammy. I get calls on my house all the time. Right. And it just like, I don't know. That's like, a, to me, it's just like a bad intro you know, right. people. So we'll talk, talk a little bit more about your, your guy that does the PPC and the structure of that. Cause that's interesting. Mm -hmm. If you're only paying them based on, you know, a deal closing, mm -hmm. see from a third party or how is that working? Cause if you're not paying for the PPC, I would assume he is right. Yeah. 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 So he, um, he's kind of running PPC. So he, I, we met him in sub two. So Pace's mentorship. Um, so he's a student and, um, yeah. So pretty much what we do is like based on the deal, like we get it in and then based off of like how big the assignment fee is, um, usually he's getting like um, it, it really depends. Like we have a minimum based on like a minimum dollar, like a thousand dollars based on what size it is. But then like obviously the bigger ones that we get in, he's making, I believe, I think it's either 25 percent or 33 percent. Um, so, but as you guys know, I mean, those deals, those inbound leads are nice because it's actually someone raising their hand saying, Hot, hey, yeah, yeah, like I want to sell. Um, and you know, we're doing, we're doing some other stuff too. We have one of our friends that we're working with, um, develop out our website for SEO, and then we might start running our own PPC ads too. But with PPC, it's really about like, figuring out like what keywords are going to work right you don't want to just like drop ten thousand dollars on ppc when you don't know what you're doing right so For it sure. takes time to figure out oh hey you know this is working this isn't working um and you know honestly like i'm always just picking my fr uh, other friends brains about what they're doing like because we're we're friends with some big holes some of the bigger wholesalers in indianapolis and it's interesting to just hear like like, for example, one of them, their biggest ROI is on direct mail, you know? So um, right. I think from like a scalability standpoint, it's super important that you get to a point where this is a numbers game, right? So you get into a point where like you're 
do it, have these different marketing channels. If that's what you want to do, like volume, like our goal is to do 72 deals this year. So, you know, it's like I said, it's a numbers game. You gotta, you know, spend some money to get to that. Right. Right. Um, but I think obviously tracking your KPIs is super important on these different channels. It's, it's, it's something that we're like super serious about, like right. launch control tracks, KPIs, Resimply is our main CRM. It tracks all our KPIs, what our lead managers are doing, how many calls they're making a day. It's, uh, it's, it's got bookkeeping in it. So we're getting our cost per contracts, all that. It's like super important to me to know what's going on and where we're getting our biggest ROI because that's, you know, what you want to double down on. For sure. Mm. Um, so Tanner asked a great question and you mentioned a lot of, of different marketing, um, mm. channels for people to do. And I, and I know, you know, just from, from experience, from talking to, uh, you know, yeah. quite a few people at this point, um, mm. wholesalers more sp specifically, we are wholesale mm. elite. So we, we more, more so talk yeah. wholesale stuff, but, mm. um, you know, we are victims of shiny object syndrome. <laughs> um, what, what's your advice to a new wholesaler that just heard all those different strategies and they're like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. where do I go? Yeah, no. And I, we've been like totally victim of that too. I mean, it, it's, it, it definitely happens. Right. Um, you know, I would say this, right. And everyone's situation is different. Right. So I can only go off of what I can go off of. Right. Like when I got into it, you know, I had a six figure job. I had a bunch of money saved up. I was able to invest a lot of money. Right. Right. Uh, but not everyone's like lucky like that. Right. So right. I would say two things. If you want to get into this industry, like start networking, right. Network with the bigger, the people that you see that are doing it and come on and offer to like do acquisitions for them and learn the business. Right. Cause like mm. we all know like that, you get a good acquisitions person in, they're going to eventually leave, which is fine. But I'd rather have a good person in than someone who is like half-assing it and, or like it doesn't know how to build rapport with sellers, right? Right. Like we're constantly like teaching our um, acquisitions people, don't be a salesperson. You need to like build rapport with these people. You know, you need to be able to relate with them. You need to be able to mirror. Like if they're, if they're super low tone, low energy, you can't be high energy. You got to come down to like where they're at, right? Or if they're high energy, you can't be low energy, right? And you got to like be able to like lead with like, hey, what can I like, how can I add value to you? Like, what can I do to help you out? But to answer your question and not get like too off track, like that I would be something it. I would do probably. And then uh, I mean, but you could also do like JV and agent outreach, you know, focus on building a buyer's list. Um which can be a little bit difficult sometimes, you know? Um, and I've talked to Tanner about this too, especially like when you're, when you're getting like hedge fund buyers and stuff, something that has helped me connect with those kind of buyers is like, I'm licensed agent in California. Right. Um, but I also have 12 plus years of construction project management experience. Right. So, mm. um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to say, Oh yeah, I just have the credibility, but like, if you're young and you're just out of college or you're just getting out of high school, um, you know, there's, it's not that easy to say, you know, Oh, you know, you gotta be able to build credibility. So like, right. like what I tell people is like, figure out, like build a good network, get around people that are where you want to be 
and then see how you can add value to them. If it's making calls, I mean, pound the phones. Like you need to For get used sure. to sellers. I still talk to sellers all the time. I still talk to our buyers all the time. And I think that's a good way to get into it and work your way up to then eventually having your own company. Bro. I mean, I think that's phenomenal advice. It's definitely something that I heard a lot when I was first getting started, but I had this ego, like, no, I just want, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. And bro, I struggled, struggled yeah. until I, yeah. I, you know, learned to squat up and, and partnered with yeah. people. Um, mm -hmm. But I definitely know the value of, of offering your time. You know, so here's the thing, you know, you, you know, this Mike, successful people, uh, or unsuccessful, I should say, either have a lot of one or the other. You either have a lot mm. of time or a lot of money. You rarely yeah. have a lot of both. And so <laughs> the person that has a lot of money usually doesn't have a lot of time. The person that doesn't have a lot of you know money usually yeah. has a lot of time. And so yeah. if you're wondering what kind of value can I bring to these mm. people, you know, mm. you can bring the value of your time because right. that that's yeah. invaluable almost. Yeah. You know, so offer offer your time. You know, mm. well, let me yeah. ask you this, Mike, real quick is what's to dig a little deeper into that advice um because mm. there's a lot it's overwhelming for mm. i feel like for a lot of new wholesalers to feel mm. like they're valuable enough to someone to actually step forward and yeah. say hey how can i be a value to you when they mm. don't even have the self-confidence so mm. what's True. one piece of advice you would give again a brand new wholesaler that mm. came to you what mm. would you expect someone to say to you or offer you right. um outside of hey i will call for free is there anything else question yeah i mean like for us is really like like it's offering like it's hard to it's hard to like quantify it right yeah. because like yeah. with some people you can tell right away like this person is like they're motivated they want to do a good job and then other people you know are like really like just it's a lot of fluff right <laughs> yeah. um so really like for us like i tell like our like newer acquisitions managers like don't be afraid to make mistakes right if you're trying and you're making mistakes you're going to learn from those mistakes and that's the most important thing because your learning lessons in this world are going to teach you a lot more than you know uh, a mentor or someone will which is great to have a mentor too right but i think like just showing like like that you're passionate about this right like if someone comes to me and you know most people might not want to hear this but if they're like oh yeah you know i can call like 10 hours a week you know like that's not gonna cut it we all know that like especially if you can't nurture your leads like whenever they call like we tell our people like hey you don't need to be sitting down for 10 hours straight Right. But you probably will be working like eight to 10 hours throughout the day. The day and yeah. if someone calls you on a Saturday, you need to answer that phone call. You know, like yep. it doesn't like this is not this is not a Monday through Friday thing. So, I mean, how if you are going in with that mindset, like, oh, I, I can like give you like 10 hours of our time, you know, and whatnot. Like that's not someone personally that I want to bring in. It's not that I think they're a bad person or anything. I just don't think that that's going to be the right fit. Um, and so like definitely if you want to get into it and this is like what you're passionate about, like I know a lot of people have to work a W-2 job too. So like that is tough. Like I would like I would say like if you still have a W-2 job and you're trying to get into wholesaling or investing, like you should look into like maybe different avenues of doing it, like maybe being a private lender, right? And starting to use your cash to start bringing in passive returns, right? 
Um, but if you don't have a job and this is what you want to do, or you're going to want to quit your job and commit to this full time, make sure whoever you're going to, like you're first off willing to learn, you're not going to let your ego and pride get in the way. And mm -hmm. also that you're going to make the time commitment and the flexibility to like, Hey, if someone calls you on a Sunday morning and they're ready to sign a contract, you need to take that call. Right. That's how you yep. make money in this world. Like, For sure. Not it, like it's not, this is not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Be right. Successful well, at I, doing it, right. I think that's a good point you make is when someone calls on a weekend, be ready to answer it. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people that get into wholesaling or even real estate, they have that expectation, like you said, of time freedom, where it's yeah. like, I can stop at this point, put my phone down. But at mm. the same time, if you're going to be that type of way, you might as well go get a W2, in my opinion, because if you're wanting that yeah. hard stop, hard, mm. whatever, being told what to do, schedule a line. So mm. I think the biggest thing that um, I, I just to piggyback on that is you got to have the mindset, like you said, of being 24 seven, really 24 mm. seven, especially if you want to scale yeah. um, or grow a company and start a company, mm. whatever you yeah. got to be willing to answer that phone 24 seven. Cause you yeah. never know when that shit's going to ring. And that's, exactly. you know, that's $10,000 literally on one missed call that you could have an opportunity. Yeah. For or, even, or even more. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. we've talked about some, you know, bigger fees that we've made, you know, and like, but I think like, I think what people really need to ask themselves is like, you know, like everyone, like on the surface, like it looks great to be an entrepreneur, right? Like right. these people, they have <laughs> a Lamborghini or like they're, you know, in Cancun or whatever. Right. But in all reality, it's like, like for the last three years, and especially when I was working at W2 at the same time is like, I was, you know, we're working every day, you know, right. and, and it's not exactly. glamorous. And um, you got to really ask yourself if you're cut out for it. And if you want to get into real estate, there's still other ways where you can, you know, continue to work your W-2 and probably have a lot less stress, right? But <laughs> also, you know, start building a rental portfolio or start right. private lending. Like, I love the thought of private lending. And, you know, we've done it a little bit in transactional lending and stuff like that. Even transactional lending, like people are doing, you know, like gator lending, like everyone's yep. saying. Um, you can make good money and it doesn't take up your whole time, right? So you really got to like, people really got to ask, you got to ask yourself, like, what do I want out of my life, right? And, and you know, some people, they start cutting their teeth in this industry and they find out real quick that, um, you know, <laughs> they, they're not cut out for it, which mm. is fine. Not everyone's, not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur, right? Self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. So you just, just having that self-awareness, but it doesn't, even if you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that you can't be a real estate investor because you totally sure. can. Yep. Absolutely. What's, uh, what, what, what freedoms has real estate afforded you? Oh man. Um, you know, I just like, I love the people that I've met over the years, you know, and like me and Tanner talk on a weekly basis and I consider, you know, him a, a good, really good friend and someone that I can talk to, you know, about like whatever, you know, we're always sitting there joking around or, you know, he'll, he'll hear me vent about something, you know, vice versa or whatever. And I think just like, though, like, uh, like just the, awesome people that I've met and now getting to like travel around and go to Florida and look at projects and like go to Indianapolis and not like going into an office. Right. And right. Like having to be there at like, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, you know? And so like, 
I like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes there's like, it's such a, it's so peaks and valleys, right? It's like, you have really great times. And then like, there's other times where you're just, you're scratching and clawing. Right. And, so um, true. you know, but I think that's the coolest thing is like the people that I've met and yeah. I just like really, you know, have really like, I'm just a relationships kind of person, you know, and it's really important to me um, to kind of, you know, just be upfront and honest about things and, you know, and, you know, add value to people too. So I think, Absolutely. I think that's what I've really like enjoyed. That's great, dude. I, um, I'm curious. Um, I, I love asking entrepreneurs this, um, especially ones like you, you know, like, like that are, that are in the world around. It's not just the title of entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Like you truly are, you know, mm-hmm. your, your head's constantly thinking of different challenges. What's yeah. the last thing that you can remember in business that you did that was out of your comfort zone? <sighs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like that's like a weekly thing. Like you gotta get <laughs> right. out of your comfort zone, right? Um, so yeah, give me a I mean, story. Like, give me something that you can think of. Well, you know, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I mean, so like if you're if you're in real estate, um, you know, it's it's funny. Like I've even heard like some higher level real estate person say, "I've never lost money on a deal," and then six months later, they're talking about how they lost money on a deal. Right? <laughs> And so just recently, I mean, Tanner knows about this one. We bought this like shitty, like eight unit in Terre Haute and I just sold it today. And, you know, we lost some money and um, that kind of got me out of my comfort zone because I I had to realize like that I had to like cut ties with what was going on with this deal and property um, or else we were going to keep just bleeding money or we were going to try to fix this place up, you know, spend $250,000 fixing it up and then it would never like appraise on a refinance. And instead of losing, you know, instead of losing 20 K you lose, like you tie up, you know, 150 K in a deal that you're never, ever going to see back. And so like, that's like something recently that got me out of my comfort zone is just like realizing like to be, I mean, I'm pretty decisive anyways, but just realizing sometimes you have to make those moves. Right. And I was like, that was my first time taking a loss in this world. And luckily you can make those chunks back real quick. You know, like our friend that we just sold in Fort Wayne, I made all that money back and more. Right. But I think like, really, you have to get out of your comfort zone in this world. Like if you don't like, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not going to like, you're not going to grow in where you want to be. Oh, it's so good. That's so, it's so, and it's so true. I mean, your comfort zone, getting out of that comfort zone is everything, you know, mm. Tanner said, I don't know. I don't remember who, who said it, but, um, um, but open, open your ask hole, you know, yeah. <laughs> open your paste, mouth. A paste and, thing. Yeah. yeah. Pace thing. And, yeah, and ask, an asshole, you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, yeah. get, get out of that comfort zone and, uh, and, and, you know, almost, don't be an asshole. Don't be a person who's just sitting around mm-hmm. asking questions all the mm-hmm. time, you know, t- yeah, just to you, try and make you feel more comfortable about taking yeah. action. Like it's never going to happen. Yeah. You have, you have to take action. Like at some point you have to like get out there and take a risk, but like, obviously you want to hedge against that risk all sure. the time. Like whether you're investing in real estate or stocks or whatever, you want to hedge against your risk. Right. And so like, I mean, Tanner kind of knows this about me is I'm always pretty conservative with my numbers. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> dude, does that probably hurt us on getting some deals? Yeah. But I'd rather be conservative 
And because stuff happens on projects all the time. I mean, especially like, I mean, I've told the Tanner about this, like you got to really like, especially if you're investing out of state and you start flipping, like you gotta, like, it's like a never ending battle on, on just like trying to dial in your processes. So, um, but you got to take action and learn that kind of stuff, because if you don't, then you're just going to be there with your head in the sand, you know, for sure. For sure. Um, I, 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 man, I, I want to keep going. I want to ask you a ton of questions, but unfortunately <laughs> we're, we're coming up, we're coming up on a hard stop. So I, uh, I want to make this as impactful, at least from, from my perspective, as much yeah. as humanly possible. But yeah. if I can kind of ask you this closing question for me, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to, uh, to Tanner, how do you, Mike, how do you measure success? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. I think, um, at the end of the day, like for me, like success isn't like about like having a Lamborghini or having like a bunch of money, which I mean, making, making money gives you freedom of time. And that's where I like kind of measure success. And then also like how much value you can add back because like, I'm really like, I'm really about mindset and stuff. Um, I'm always reading books by like David Goggins or Jocko or, you know, the go-giver, you know, all these different books. And like, um, you know, a really common theme in a lot of these is like, you know, you, you gotta be able to provide value. Um, so I feel like the more people I can add value to and impact, that's like what success is to me. And like having really strong relationships with people, um, and, you know, not just being like, I know, like a lot of us are like here about hustle culture and stuff and yeah, you got to right. work hard. Right. But like, don't forget that you're also a human being and like, you right. should also be spiritual and you should also have good relationships with your family. So I think that's like, that's more about what success is for me than like showing up in like a, like a Lambo or something. <laughs> like <that>. Freaking beautiful. <laughs> like people, people laugh. Like people laughed because I, I drive the same trucks that I've driven since I was 18 years old. And they're like, why don't you get a new oh, wow. car? And I'm like, I, it doesn't really matter to me. You know, like I'll drive it till it dies and then, you know, I'll get something. And they're like, well, you, you just like you should have something nicer. And I'm like, it doesn't like that's not what's important to me. You know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's your expectation. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need I don't need to I don't need to <laughs> finesse anyone. Yeah. Well, dude. Tanner, what do you got, man, before we no, wrap this No, up? I mean, I guess just kind of wrapping it up. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, as they say, gold nuggets that um, I think people could take from this episode. Um, and and a, lot of, a lot of steps that they can take to maybe eliminating some analysis paralysis or maybe eliminating mm -hmm. some of that fear mm -hmm. of getting into the business. And I, I've said it on multiple episodes now. And if you're listening, you're newer, you haven't done a first deal, whatever it may be. I think now is the perfect time to get into wholesaling. Um, mm -hmm. And for that, the, the reason being is what Mike had spoken about earlier. It's the market. Uh, mm -hmm. Not only is the beginning of the year uh, a turn of the new chapter, they say, but it's also, um, again, where, where Mike was speaking of, where the market starts to take back off. But mm -hmm. I also think with the way the market is now is um, it's a great opportunity because if you can do deals with the way the market is right now, you can do yeah. deals and the market goes back to how it was 2020, <laughs> 2021. I say that yeah. every time. And I think <laughs> if you can learn the, the network now, and because yeah. here's the also the thing is people like Mike is if you can find people to network that are doing business right now, those are the people you're going to want to be doing business anyways when the market again takes back off, like way off. 
right? Because yeah. they're the people that are smart enough to, to, to hunker down and um, do the things that are necessary to, to be successful. And so, sure. Mike, let's do this. What are, what are some ways or what markets are you in? Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what's, what's yeah. some ways they can do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I'm out in San Diego, California, so I, you know, I've been flipping out here, love flipping in San Diego. So, um, and then, you know, we, where we met, I mean, well, not necessarily physically met, but in Indianapolis. (laughs) Um, so really love Indianapolis, Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, and then Florida, pretty much anything in Tampa area to Orlando, like that's where we're looking at. So those are our three markets. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram, um so adam briggs um our company is at uh, sammy home offers um and uh you know we hold a meetup monthly in southern california um we actually have an la chapter we have a san diego chapter and we have people come out that are like you know actually doing it and we have panel discussions so my big thing is like if i can help anyone out do their first deal i'm totally game if i can help someone maybe not make some of the same mistakes i've made in the past like um you know then i really would i that's the thing i really want to do is like i want people to learn from like things that i've done in the past that was a mistake that i can keep you from making so like whatever i can do to help anyone out out there um and like i said i mean we're kind of starting to do stuff nationwide too so I mean, just, just holler at me and, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do to help you out. And, and, you know, like I have a team that can also assist too. So like I said, we're just, uh, we're here to to add value. And real quick before, before we wrap it up, I know Ashwin's about to wrap it up. I just want to personally give credit to Mike um, because like Mike had spoken about earlier in the episode, um, me and him have a great relationship. I speak with Mike a lot and I'll be the first person to say, um, Mike's always there to help you. So if you need anything like Mike was saying in those markets, trust me, believe me. Um, I can personally say Mike will be there to, to give you as much insight and help as possible. So reach out to him. Thank you, man. You know, I, I got much love for you too, brother. Bro. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Guys, listen, Mike's a buyer. Like this is a buyer. You know, I think people, especially newer wholesales, they have these this, this conception of a buyer being like this guy, you know, in a suit and, you know, on the 12th floor, the corner office, you know, and there's just a super intimidating guy. Mike's a buyer and Mike's not an irregular buyer. Most, most of our buyers are like this. They're mm. investors or people who started the people who at one time were in our position in our shoes. And yeah. one thing I always encourage people, look, I've never, ever seen a successful person shit on someone who asked them for help. As long as they're willing to bring their efforts and their energy and everything they have to the table and not question what, what the person who is getting, the, you know, who's re- mm. get, giving them the help, don't question them. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you can, um, you know, look, look for other perspective or whatnot. Don't doubt the person. So Mike's a buyer guys. Like we brought a buyer, a legit buyer on the (laughs) podcast for you to guys, for you to network with. Um, There's more out there and they're friendly like Mike. They're willing to help you like Mike. Stop being afraid of reaching out and making connections with these guys. Mike's on this podcast because Tanner had the balls way back sometime (laughs) to reach out. Right. He didn't know Mike. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, deal got you guys together, but here you are, you know, still, still to this day. And now you're on our podcast and we're able to tell you the viewer, the listener, 
this is a buyer. This is what they look and they sound like. I promise <laughs> you. I do. Um, they're, they're awesome people. They're great to work with. Um, and they can really help you along your journey uh, if you stay open-minded and if you're willing to do the work. So Mike, brother, thank you so much, man. Thank you so, so, so much for your time. We're going to link up all of Mike's uh, ads, all of his, you know, his IG and all that stuff in the show notes. So if you're on the uh, if you're on the YouTube, we'll have in the comments. If you're you know, listening to the podcast, whatever, it'll definitely be in the show notes. But other than that, Mike, brother, thank you so, so, so much for your time. It's, it's yeah, been a huge thank, blessing. Thank you, guys. And, you know, feel free to have me on any other time. I'd love to be able to, you know, add value whenever I can. So appreciate you guys, too. And let's uh, go. Yeah. Dude, we so should do like a, a, a buyer show, like where we have <laughs> we have buyers on, so people meet the buyer, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. be our guy. Anytime, anytime. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks again, man. And uh, guys, we want you in the seat. We want to interview you, so get out there and crush it, make it happen. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. What up, Elite Fan? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and. Give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.